I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year is 1985. The album, the better off sound. Yep, let's learn to speak. The year is 1985. The album is the better off dead soundtrack. The artist, well, the better off dead soundtrack. There's a lot of people on it. My guest is Monique Diane Franklin. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> so, uh, I heard you on Jimmy Pardo's podcast. Thanks. I was excited that you do podcasts. I, I do. I I'm a do. big fan of that film. We can talk about anything, but we should start with Better Off Dead. Now, first of all, this, like I said earlier, the only way I was able to listen to the soundtrack right now is that it's on YouTube because wow. this, I found a copy of the CD for $200 online. Oh my gosh. The vinyl on, on Amazon was $80 for the one copy that you can get. Uh, uh impossible whoever has the vinyl right now just hold on to it seriously or like, right hold yeah. on. bring it to a convention that i go to and i'll sign it okay then go. it'll be super valuable super valuable like, that's right <laughs> so i don't know where you want to start because i'm sure you've told these stories a lot so is there anything that you haven't talked about about better off dead that we can start off with because there's always a the casting process all that stuff is there something that you haven't talked about before? good question all right so let's see um I, uh, when I got cast for Better Off Dead, I've gone, gone through the stories. And if you haven't, you know, if you don't know a lot of the background, I I have books that you can read some background yes. on or, or even gets even to deeper of the things I talked about um, on Amazon. But regardless, um, my, uh, my experience with Better Off Dead was that I was in my um, early, mid-20s. I think I was like, I'm thinking 25 or 24 when I did better off maybe 25 mm-hmm. um and I looked I mean I guess I look a lot younger um but but by that time you know like I had like um a little bit more experience so that when mm-hmm. I went in for the role I could you know handle you know being able to play something that was pretty cool and and just uh, and such an independent unique character sure. um, I think the idea of, of defining a character that didn't exist before was really exciting um, and as an actor that's a gift. Like, you know, sometimes you'll play a role and it's it's like somebody you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with Monique, it was a character that nobody knew, yet they felt comfortable and connected. Sure, right? yeah. Um, which is unusual, you know. And also, I... I to have talk like this, have a different accent and uh, be very comfortable with it. I think that... Um, I didn't realize with the film is that having a foreign exchange student um, come into your town was somewhat common in the 80s. Like, okay. I don't know if it's common today, right. but it was very, it was kind of common, but it was special and it was like a good thing. Like if you had somebody, there was always some school that would have like this foreign exchange program and, you know, someone would be there. And so I kind of gave that, that character, that person a, a good name. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. like, it was like, yeah, go get foreign exchange students to live at your house because this is really cool. <laughs> Um, so, um, but when I went and auditioned for the film, I mean, it it was so interesting for me as an actress because I I keep, I've said this before, but that kind of film wasn't being made. Right. It was such an innocent, there was innocence to the film. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we didn't know, all of us didn't know who else was going to be in it when we auditioned. Sure. But everybody who auditioned for it loved it Mm -hmm. and wanted it uh, wanted it regardless of who was going to be who else was going to be in it where mm-hmm. it was going to be shown yep. and i think that that's really interesting um 
from the standpoint that sometimes you get a script and you go, oh, well, it's part two, so you understand how successful it is, or oh, so-and-so is going to be in it, or this, you know, studio is going to do it. But it was really sort of a leap of faith in the script mm -hmm. and the role. And so uh, what was fun about me being able to do the role was when I wound up getting it, and then I went on set and met all these great actors. Like, I didn't know who John was. Sure. Like, you know, Amanda, Curtis. We, I mean, I really didn't know who the, everyone was. But we all got along so well because we loved the material and we all loved our characters. Yeah. And Savage was very young also. And so he was sort of like one of the guy, one of the kids. Like we were mm -hmm. all like sort of kids hanging out. And um, he enjoyed watching our acting so much that it made us as actors feel so good. And we all wanted to embellish our characters with these special details. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I mean, I guess I'll say this for me as an, to be in it. And uh, for instance, with Charles DeMar, mm -hmm. um, Curtis Armstrong, every singing we had together, I was in like I was crying, laughing. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to keep it together from like the Jello scene mm -hmm. where like he passes the like <laughs> snorting Jello. Yeah. That was Curtis. I mean, I'm sorry, but he is brilliant. He's yeah. just brilliant, and I'm so happy that he's got so many fans and followers because he is worth it. He is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing. Um, and so he was so so funny. And then, um, oh my god, like I got to be around these people who were. I wasn't myself. I thought you know funny. To I became funny through that movie. Okay. But I but that was the first movie that gave me the chance to be funny. Mm -hmm. um, that was what was a great moment for me because before that everything I did was more dramatic. So although I wound up becoming somewhat funny, it was it, it I had a funny I had a sense of humor yeah. and I knew I could be funny, but I never did that really in a role. Yeah. So. That opened up doors for me, and it also made me feel like this is the closest to who I am. Mm -hmm. Like I could be more myself yeah. in the film because I could show that side of me. That makes Whereas sense. in the other films I did, you know, it's a Virgin or Amityville or even Summer Girl or Deadly Lessons, I had to be so like serious and wide-eyed. And I'm the innocence. I, I've always had sort of a feeling of innocence in my characters, just because that's part of who I am. But um, I wasn't. Uh, I never got the chance to be in a comedy, and I was so excited that somebody, that Savage allowed me to do that role. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a given, you know? Sure, yeah. And the, the irony is that he actually cast me because he remembered me from Last American Virgin. Okay. Which was so bizarre, because obviously that movie, I'm not funny at all, you know, I'm just like the dream girl. But at the same time, uh, I'm so grateful I did it. Because sure. Because then, for him to see that and say, oh, I just want her to be playing... Uh, Monique, what a what a gift! Yeah. So, as if you're an actor out there, I, I would just say, you know, never judge the roles you do because you never know where that can lead. But whatever role you do, no matter what it is, commit to it fully and make it, you know, like own it and love it and and embrace that role because that's what I. I mean, for for me, that's what I did with every role I did. Mm -hmm. It was like if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna commit and put my heart into it, and then. Um, no matter what happens to the film, you have no control over that, but at least your work is the best you can do. Sure. I mean, and that's what, so. I mean, obviously what sells Monique, but it, the more uh, you're making me think of the way the film's formatted, because for a second I was going to say, and I think this is all due to directing and great acting mm -hmm. uh, and good writing, of course, but uh, the, the film feels in many parts like each scene is from a different film. Some of the characters seem like they're in their own movie, right. and I love that. But I also think there's a level of, 
straight woman or straight man, uh, crazy woman, crazy man, where I feel like you're the straight woman to John Cusack's not so straight character, right? But then I feel like he's also he could be the straight man to somebody. There's like a hierarchy yes. in this film, and it, it's I never thought about it that yeah, way. Yeah, no, no, that is, and and it, it's very. Um, I mean, obviously, Savage did animation, mm-hmm. so it's there's a little tiny element of element of that. Um, that sort of a cartoon come to life, mm-hmm. but it's realer. It's a little bit realer than that. For like sure. I've seen. I mean, I don't know about you, but like, there's a lot of movies that really are make things very cartoony and they mm-hmm. just you know and it's and so you know okay this is way over the top for me it would be like terrorvision terrorvision uh-huh. was a live action cartoon mm-hmm. where everything is over the top because purposely and it's stylized yeah but with better off dead it combined that uh it combined to me the the realness there was a real uh there were real relationships going on and uh, moments uh between characters but at the same time it was it was through the eyes of the experience of what you you were going through. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, when when Lane is looking, you know, drawing in the cafeteria, and you know, he's scribbling. I mean, I think a lot of people can identify with that. You know, drawing and you know, hearing voices in your head sure. talking to you, and like, like, oh, you know. And so, <laughs> I think identifying with that, um, but illustrating it. On one hand, also, like, it's entertaining, mm-hmm. but it also makes people feel like, oh, okay, I wasn't crazy. There was somebody out there who actually felt the same way I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and also people who go into their own imagination, like the um, the burger scene. Like, yeah. you're alone in a burger place, mm-hmm. and you're flipping it, and it's like, you know, you're just in your own world, you know, and you make up things. And, and there's a lot of people who go to that head mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're doing, you know, when they're alone and, like, having to do something. Mm-hmm. And it's so wonderful to see that that... Um, that's like something that we should embrace as opposed to going, oh, that's silly. No, you know, sure. um, it's it's fun. And certainly it would make that job much more entertaining. I Absolutely. mean, seriously, yeah. like, you know, um, so I mean, sometimes, you know, obviously in life we have to do things we hate, we don't want to do. But um, I think what Better Off Dead did was it said, OK, so if you have to have a mundane situation, you can take the take it and you can make it your vision you're mm-hmm. you know you can make it a movie what if you were the besieged kid in this world you know like all these things are happening to you um there's to me like there's nothing kind of funnier than the besieged kids and then when things get worse mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah like you know when you know when things like you're having a, like a bad streak i always even say this to my kids like it's like when you're going through a bad streak and things start like you know like you know the you you know you've run out of like you start off like you know you just don't have enough like food in the house or then there's like you know the dog like poops on the floor or like there's like a, I mean like or like you know then you get the, like a bill in the mail that you can't whatever it is it's like sure you 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 know things grow and grow and grow like oh you know you didn't get that job whatever but but then at a certain point you snap mm-hmm. and then you go to the other side and you're like all right bring it on let's go right. for it yeah. and to me that's the that's like to me the most fun part of life like it's like when things get bad it's bad but then when they get really bad it turns funny right Do you know yeah no and that's the perfect attitude have you always felt that way was is that always been you yes all right I have okay. to say. and perhaps that's why like i so much appreciated Brother off dead because things he was like you know wanting to commit suicide things were getting worse and worse and worse and you can't sure. you know what i'm saying and so at a certain point you snap and you go to the that other like fine okay good bring it on right okay so he's going out with her and she's going out with everybody i know mm-hmm. and we all have experienced that i don't know to me like that's that's something that if you can find the sense of humor and enjoy then when things get really bad you're like it be 
as long as you have somebody to to talk about it with and to identify with it, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. And some people, you know, I guess they have to get drunk to get into that head. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Me, I just like look at life that way. So mm-hmm. um, I think. Uh, life is to me it's like surfing i guess like it's riding a wave you know and sometimes things are you know great and then sometimes like okay i could it's not gonna be so good but then you just you just do the dance and sure um i think i personally feel like if you didn't if you didn't do that dance it'd be super boring mm-hmm. and um we rise to the occasion on challenges, and you'll never ever remember the days where things were perfect. Yeah. But you'll always remember the days where you rose to the occasion, or that they were really bad, but you made it through to the other side. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there you're, you go. You're making me think too about in terms of like the way Monique's uh, character relates. Uh, Monique relates to John Cusack's character. Is that um, I don't know. She's she's pre a lot of the manic pixie dream girl thing. She's like super her own person. She doesn't fit. There's not a stereotype she fits, which is great. Right. Uh, what, I mean, you're a human being. What was it like being able to play, I think, a human being? <gasps> you know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, so I have to bring this up because this is, I'm so glad and I'm so happy you noticed that because um, I, I, I mentioned that particular aspect in my new book that I wrote. And one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I wrote my this book, and it's if you're wondering, what the heck is she talking about? Um, it's a book called Diane Franklin, The Excellent Curls, The Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s. And this is a sequel book, so it's kind of like you're going, why curls? Um, the first one was The Excellent Adventure, but this is curls. But the reason why I named it that is because I was the first actress that kick-started curly hair in the 80s Mm -hmm. I was actually the one and I can prove it because I did modeling for 10 years before Mm -hmm. and everybody had straight hair was straightening my hair and how it happened you can read in the book and there's Mm -hmm. tons of pictures but essentially okay so essentially I have a chapter where I talk about the character of Monique and how I mean first of all like to me um, I loved playing the character Mm -hmm. but because I was a foreigner I didn't have to, I could just be all the things that I, that, that I, I mean, I take for granted, like women are independent and they think for themselves, but then they can also be sexy, but they can be smart, but they can, are capable, they can fix a car and stuff. I take that for granted. Like, Mm -hmm. I think ever since I was little, I just always felt you can do anything that you want to do. Blue's Clues. Okay. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's like (laughs) Blue's, everybody watch Blue's Clues because, um, (laughs) uh, it's, it's sort of like, um, it's so funny because my, that was my daughter's show. It was like, Hey, you can do anything you want to do. And it's true. Um, and it never even occurred to me that, that we couldn't. And then, and I was adult, I look at, at society and I go, why are women believing that they couldn't? Who told them this? What's Mm -hmm. wrong with this? You, of course, of course you can, make a living or you could do you were people and so can men men can do whatever they sure. want to do um i think what's so when i played monique what i brought up in this book and it's like exactly this it's like okay here's a person even with a positive spirit mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of characters with positive spirits sure um that's like who i like where i come from like i feel like that's like a positive thing but like I come from a positive place, but I'm not like religious. It's not coming from a place of like, you know, if you believe this, then everything's going to be okay. Sure, like, it's sure. not like, it's not like, um, if you do this, then you get that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Life doesn't work that way. But what does work is 
watch the energy that you're around with people because if you're if you are around somebody who's who's defeated all the time then you get your energy gets drained or brought to their energy mm. and i'm not saying you should only hang around with upbeat people sure. but retain your happiness don't lose your happiness so when you're with people it's like if they're down like you can listen or you can help them if you want to give them advice um if you can't give them just listen but that doesn't mean they have to take your suck your energy away like you could be you can retain who you are and i think that's one of the cool things about monique in the film is that she john's character lane is very um you know he's defeated everything is a bummer and he's like everything is sad and she's like well you know yeah but you can react a different way you have a different you have choices Mm -hmm. so what you can do that you can go you know jump off the k-12 or you can skate the k-12 it's just your choice you Mm -hmm. know and so um in in my book what i talked about is that that monique is a more full-formed person Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why people fell in love with her Mm -hmm. as a character um because she's she she's honest Mm -hmm. and real but she's not um She's not so honest, but but has to go into a, a negative place. I see what you're saying. I yeah. think I think she shows her. My character was somebody who was capable, mm-hmm. and I think when you watch somebody who's capable, you go, "Wait a minute! If they could do it, I can do it." Sure. You know, it didn't. Is that one of the lines that uh, Charles Demar? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, right. Yeah. Or, or no, no. Uh, actually, it's Lane in the says, movie. Oh yeah. Lane okay. Says, yeah. Well, hell, if she could do it, I can do it. And right. That's, so, um, I it's what's so fun about this film and and my character. Two is that this is this movie has a lot of great life lessons and mm-hmm. um, and and sets great role modeling. Mm-hmm. It really I think does. So. I think so. Yeah. Um, even you know Curtis's character is a great role model. Yeah. A smart guy. Mm-hmm. He managed to stay in high school all those years. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's no dummy. Um, and then even you know oh my gosh um, now um, Ricky mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. uh, Dan Schneider okay yeah. Dan Schneider's character if you watch the beginning of the film. He plays, he plays, right, this shy kind of I'm helpless, you know, kind of uh, nerdy sort of like, um, you know, I'm little Ricky, right? Mm -hmm. Or he plays up to his mom's vision of him. Sure. But then halfway through the movie, he suddenly changes and is like totally pushy Mm -hmm. and becomes his mom. And so suddenly (laughs) it's like, what? And so we see the two sides. I mean, all these characters have a lot of dynamics. Mm -hmm. First, they're... Maybe Ricky is shy, and then he becomes like the pushy dude, and we don't like him. At, like mm-hmm. we're, first, we may be feeling sorry for him, then sure. we're going, "No, we're not feeling sorry for you." Right. With me, I'm the one who's passive. Then I turn into, you know, a, a person who's ca- totally capable. Mm-hmm. John starts off really passive, but then he finds in himself, "Okay, I'm going to do this." I would say he's the, his character is the most. Um, he's obviously the one who has the biggest arc. Sure. He has to prove it to himself. Yeah. Um, but um. I I just think that it was a great film for kids to watch growing up Mm -hmm. because it gives people hope. I think so. And I also like that Monique's, (laughs) that all of Monique's, like just the fact that she can fix a car in most movies would be treated as a quirk. Whereas this is just an aspect of her character. It's just another part of her personality. Or a tomboy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I remember thinking when when I got this, I was like, why can't there be a girl who fixes a car, but she can be feminine? Sure. That, like, to me was something... Growing up, I was always seeing these girl characters who were um, tomboys. And I was not a tomboy. Mm -hmm. I was very feminine. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I can't, 
like fix things or in, even in real life i mean i'm the one who makes the you know connects the vcr and puts all our wires together mm-hmm. and makes i mean like i'm the one who fixes things if something's broken i'm the one who does it you know and it's not because i have to it's just like i go okay no wait i i see things a certain way i know i can make i think logically and i can make this work mm-hmm. but um uh but you know I, and and i think there's one other aspect which might be interesting is it's not just that Monique is capable. It's that she says, if I want something done a certain way, I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it, and I'm not going to have any issue with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to feel like, oh, you know, why couldn't he do it? You know, it's like, yeah. and I think that there's happiness comes from being capable mm-hmm. for yourself. If you need something done, your your self esteem will grow if you are if you take care of it yourself mm-hmm. and yeah maybe it's a pain in the butt right maybe you don't sure. want to do it sure. but at the same time um, I think that's that's how you suddenly realize wait a minute I I am a lot more capable or uh, intelligent or whatever than I ever thought I was it's interesting how those that aspect of Monique's character is probably in the long run more interesting than all of Lane's arc because it's big and it's and it's flashy that arc it's supposed to be obviously yeah. like there's so much of this movie that I love that is just at the same Aww. time sincere and also parody that's yeah. really hard to do right? I don't know how how the how the fuck it's a ski movie that's right. that all this ridiculous shit that have become tropes and are also making fun of tropes but it's also very sincere, sincere. you know and it's his like I think any pubescent kid any teenagers like yeah, i totally know how this fucking kid feels right well, i totally get it i think a lot of it had to do with uh savage and his casting yeah because he had a he he liked all the people that he cast we were all real like we, none of us were cartoony mm-hmm. um danny i would have to say probably was maybe the most cartoony but not in personality not mm-hmm. exacting mm-hmm. you know in his look maybe sure um but he um but we all were very sincere and i have to say i think really it, it started with um the sincerity really started with john because mm-hmm. john's john was so i mean is so likable and mm-hmm. so lovable and he really just he really was that kid who was just besieged with all this bad luck and this paper boy and just you know yeah, yeah, yeah. he was so besieged with his life his mother is just ignoring him she doesn't hear anything and um his dad's telling him what to do and his re- reaction to that and his, the reality of it was so real that um i think that's what balanced that cartoon is because if you had somebody who was more cartoony mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had the emotion in the film there would be no you wouldn't feel bad for the character right right so that's a good point yeah it it is it was and maybe that was um a a stroke of luck Mm -hmm. uh or it was the timing of the films you know all those teen movies were starting Mm -hmm. and so i mean you know 16 candles and breakfast club all of us who were acting in those films were playing it very real Mm -hmm. and i remember auditioning during that time with other actresses and there was a tone and we all had to sort of be the the word of the word to actors were was be you know be real be real and keep it keep it simple and and um uh and and be um just be yourself Mm -hmm. and like connect um and it was interesting i was just talking to somebody about this they kept you know they would say oh be yourself but I was such a lively person mm-hmm. that I always, like all the movies I did prior to Better Off Dead, had to, you know, really shy my personality down. Like I really had to hide that 
to play these role other roles because that wasn't like that wasn't naturally my personality mm -hmm. um but when i got to better off dead oh my gosh i was like i can be me right <laughs> <laughs> i can be expressive and i can have my opinion and i can have my stubbornness you know i mm -hmm. was sort of like this is what you do and um and it was wonderful it was a great experience so now you said uh, like as you said when when, when we started off you, you're like i wasn't i wasn't the comedic actress that wasn't my right. thing did you have any like stage comedic experience or anything tv before this because i i'm i know i looked at your credits but i apologize i know there were a couple there must have been a couple sitcoms on there right um, so oh i did uh, yeah there was a pilot um too good to be true that i did okay um but i was never hired as comedic relief in a story mm, okay. i would be the main girl you know if you're like the main character in a story whether you're a male or a female you need to you're the one who has the biggest arc so mm -hmm. you can't it's like you're the um if you're a cake you're like the um the what are they called you're the cake you're the mm -hmm. <laughs> you're the cake before it gets decorated sure the you're actual the, like the layer the layer sure, the, sure, like sure. The, you're the, the fluffy part right? <laughs> i can't think of the I word can't think of that right either. um <laughs> anyone who's listening to this right now is going it's like that word <laughs> um so and then everybody else in the story you know whether it's parents or it's like are the is the frosting and the decorations mm -hmm. and so when you're young, you're like, oh, I want to be the frosting decorations. I want to be like that funny moment or that, mm -hmm. you know, look or that that beat or the or dress like this. But this, but that's not what's needed. You needed need to be the heart of the story. Mm -hmm. And then, at least at that time, during these teen films, mm -hmm. the, the stories were focused. And it was the first time stories were focused around what's going on with the teenager, mm -hmm. what's their emotion. It's not the parents or the older sibling. It's the, the young kid. What mm -hmm. are they feeling? What are they going through? So we had to stay very new, sort of. Um, uh, universal. Our mm -hmm. characters had to be more universal, and it had to be. Um, less decorated and less, um, more like experiencing the moment, like what's happening and sure. feeling it as opposed to um, having a lot that of that character. As you get older, you're going to do more character stuff, but mm -hmm. that was what was necessary during the time. Um, so when, but when I got better off dead, like it was just, it felt, it fit. And so you're asking where my sense of humor came from. I have to say it, it came from my, family and my, my parents and my I just my dad was kind of always kind of jokey and um I had a good sense of humor mm -hmm. um so but I wasn't I, I and I had a great imagination yeah a really really fun imagination and I used to draw and I used to make stories up and um and um paint and do art and ballet and sing so I was so creative that I think um that I, it, again, like I just held it. And then when I got the uh, chance, I did. Like, yeah. And so that's why it was fun doing even television because there I went, oh my gosh, now I can express it even more into like this cartoonish, mm -hmm. you know, show that um, was something that I would never have been offered before, which with good reason, you know, like uh, obviously in, in the entertainment business, you are going to be hired not for your own, what you want to do. You get hired for, helping other people make their story yeah. so even like today uh, I, I had a, a woman who was telling me you know oh you'd be really good for um 
I don't know, she was talking to me about like projects and she was saying me that I would be good for certain projects now. And I'm like, I didn't even see myself like that. So what it is, is you never know as an actor or an entertainer mm -hmm. how other people see you and how they see you, what they want to see you do. So you have to allow that, you know, and just be open to new experiences. Sure. Um, but from that, you were from that, I will say, What's been incredibly fun is that my daughter, she focuses, she's a filmmaker, mm -hmm. and she actually has been doing comedy since she was really little because my husband awesome. and I have raised her with an incredible sense of humor, and my son as well. Um, but she has been attracted to comedic filmmaking. Mm -hmm. So I've been so lucky because ever since she's been, I don't know, even five years old, she made her first film. Mm -hmm. Every like, if she needs a mom or a grandmother or whatever, mm -hmm. I like, I have been in her films. That's awesome. And so, as now, like playing these roles in her films, that's now I've been able to do a lot of character work because she would always be playing the girl who was my role, and now I'm playing like the the frosting and the decorations yeah. on the cake, which is so funny and so much fun yeah. and so my roles are so much juicier and I get to play the bad guy and or the bad woman and mm -hmm. I get to play um the more eccentric characters and so it, it's really a dream come true as far as an actress goes like mm -hmm. to be able to play and, and I guess I don't know if a lot of actors have had this experience mm -hmm. um but you actually I mean you have to it's what excites you yeah and so and and so not only have I done now, I do the comedic stuff with her, but then I thought, you know what? I'm all I'm doing is thinking about comedy. What if I did like a horror film or sci-fi? Like how cool would that be? Like yeah. I could bring so much more to that. So I started putting it out on podcasts or interviews. Mm -hmm. um, and a couple of people contacted me and said, hey, you know, I've got this film. It's drama, heavy, a thriller. We'd like you to do it. So last year I did two thrillers and they should be awesome. coming out this year. And I mean, amazing. I got to do some amazing work, some yeah. really deep, in-depth, cool, heavy-duty acting. That's you know? awesome. Which is which from me today. Like you'll look at this and you'll go, "Oh my gosh, I I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> like I hate you, and I'm like, "Oh my god." So that's what's great about acting is that you can, you know, you can have an experience where you can. It's one of the few careers you can do all your life. Mm -hmm. And which always attracted me about it, mm -hmm. um, whether you do it constantly or whether you come back to it is it's you always can go back at yeah. some point. Um, uh, and you can explore your personality and your experiences in your life and you could bring your life to help others. Yeah. Full circle. That's how I see it. So. That's awesome. Do you let's go back a little bit to your family's sense of humor. Uh, did you have comedy albums in the house? Because I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring us back to comedy albums a little bit. Did you Ooh. have any comedy albums in the in the house? Uh, you know, uh, you know, not really. Okay. I'll t but I'll tell you why. Uh, because my parents were German, mm -hmm. so they when they talk like this, it's German accent. So they would watch like the Lawrence Welk show, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. they would be Benny Hill. That's the most. There comedy. you go. But uh, but what I did was I watched Carol Burnett. Oh. Yep. Right. Yep. Amazing. I yeah. think I lost a uh, lost. I learned a lot of humor from her, mm -hmm. and obviously Lucille Ball. Sure. We we're just talking about. Um, the other thing I was going to say was, um, so I learned. Um, I learned a lot from television. Mm -hmm. That I would have to say, if, if there was any. Oh, and then I would say the only album, or I vaguely remember. 
which was wonderful, George Carlin, because mm-hmm. I got older. And then when I wound up working with him in Bill and Ted's, mm-hmm. it was so funny because I thought, oh my gosh, this guy is going to be such a foul mouth guy. And he's mm-hmm. going to like, what's it going to be like? And he was the most genteel, mm-hmm. well-mannered guy. Oh, hello. Nice to meet you, Diane. <laughs> it's Pleasure awesome. to meet you. I was like, what is going on here? Oh. He was so sweet and endearing it's just crazy just like yeah. such a gentle soul that's you know it's so funny is earlier you said yeah working with george carlin i my head i totally forgot he was in bill and ted's excellent adventure right? that's why i was like you meant george carlin right? yeah you fucking idiot of course she did <laughs> oh my god that well i mean here's the thing i've had more stories on this show about like he was my hero and i never got to meet him wow. and like it's i I've never heard a bad story about him. Not right. once, you know. I know. Not Isn't once. that amazing? Yeah. You know, when you think about, you know, comedians, sometimes you're like, oh, you know, they were, you know, drunk or like whatever. They were like <laughs> right. miserable or like, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of people like so unhappy. He was just, he was professional. Yeah. He just got it. Well, know? what's crazy is he's got some of those stories, but those stories still come along with, yeah, but he was still a good guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, he had addictions, but guess what? Yeah. He, he kicked them and he turned yeah. out to be a fucking great guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, that's just, so much fun. That's wonderful. So d- did you hear, did you know, what did you know of him before you worked with him? I just, I I mean, I knew that he, you know, did stand up mm-hmm. um, and he, he obviously had a name. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't believe he was working with uh, Kimberly and I, and we mm-hmm. were all dressed up in like, like as we came from the future, we, <laughs> we, you know, show up in the um, telephone booth in like a garage. You right, know? right. And uh, I, I, I guess I was just shocked that I was going to be doing a scene with him mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't very long we did that scene I didn't work with him for more than I think that was just one day we worked together okay. I think um, yeah because we didn't have other, the other scenes with him so uh, but it was very intimate and sure. it, was in, it was in the Pacific Palisades in someone's house in a really? garage really? and uh, yeah like, and it was night and um, uh, and he like did the air like he did the guitar playing at uh-huh, the end, uh-huh, or, you know, uh-huh. um, or they got like somebody to do the hands for him. Okay, and, you know, yeah. He like did it for a while, and they brought in the real guitarist and uh, uh, just. Um, but it was I I think what's really fun, and even like Keanu, you know, Keanu wasn't big yet, you know, right. so it was very intimate and fun, and everyone got along really well and. Uh, I'm just hoping they're going to do Bill and Ted's three and, and right? have Kimberly and I in it. That would be would that be great? totally excellent. We That'd would be, love it. <laughs> be we just love it. I mean, what what I think again would be so funny is that we're all older, mm-hmm. and so that the idea of those guys being like married for a while and like mm-hmm. with the kids and like you know, you know, Bill you know, and Ted, aren't you going to take out the trash? You know, like it's just like <laughs> what's going. You could just picture it being like, oh my gosh, she's not watching the kids. You know, we're going to get our nails done and go to the mall, and you take care of the children. I mean, like it's like <laughs> you know, you just you could see like that awesome connection. I like, hope that what? happens. Right? I mean, of course, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, you know, I will say this: I was listening to the soundtrack from Better Off Dead a little bit. Cool. Do you have a favorite track off of that album? Because I tend to, I like to ask people um, if they have a favorite track off of, even though it's not a comedy album per right. se, but it is a soundtrack to a great comedy movie. So okay, so okay, right, I'm gonna just get into this. Okay, so I love Elizabeth Daly. Mm-hmm. I love both her songs that she sang. She mm-hmm. sang like the, uh, um, a little was it a little luck or a little. Let me pull it up. I, I do. I do have it right here. Where is it? Okay. Obviously, memory. obviously the title track, but also yeah, the title track, but she also a little luck. A little yeah, luck. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love her voice. I think she is. Just I loved listening to her voice. She's so talented and mm-hmm. just so 
wonderful. And I'm so glad Savage let her do that as opposed to just taking some generic song, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that even makes it more wonderful. Um, so I like that. But I also, I like the, the song where... Uh, when John gives me the TV dinners, mm -hmm. so, like, <laughs> I just like. Um, and then you know what? I also like with one look. I think with one look. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that probably is my favorite song because it's it. And I don't know if this happened, but I think uh, Rupert Hines wrote the music after he saw the film. Okay. Or, okay. I think. All right. So then I'm thinking, oh, did he see me and then write that song? That right. would be very nice. That'd be amazing. It wasn't right? you know, it wasn't like um like Last American Virgin, all the music is, you know, was put before it and sure. like they purchased it and then they put it in the film. But this one I'm like, I wonder if I inspired him. <laughs> so um It'd be but, amazing. I but here's the cool part. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everybody who's listening, listen to this. This November, okay, mm -hmm. I will be at this event called 80s in the Sand. Okay. And Rupert's going to be there. So I'm going to be able to ask him. That's if amazing. He, what, how he did this, all the songs for the film. Yeah. But um, 80s in the Sand is a week with um, celebrities, 80s bands, um, uh, hosts, like MTV hosts, mm -hmm. for a week in the Dominican Republic. Wow. And I'll be there with Amanda Wiss mm -hmm. and Curtis. Awesome. I mean, when do you get us together? Right. It's like never. Oh All these God. conventions, they don't put us together. And we're like, we want to do it together. So this is your chance. And um, I got into it because I uh, became friends with Deborah Foreman mm -hmm. on Facebook. And I said, what is this you're doing? And so she's going to be there. So that's so cool. Totally amazing. And then Andrew McCarthy's going to be there. Wow. And, um, oh, um, and then... Oh, Anthony Michael Hall, I think, will be there. Wow. And then, That's like, crazy. Downtown Julie Brown. Uh -huh. And then, like, the amazing band. So go check it out. 80s in the Sand. Awesome. And um, I just think if, like, you have an anniversary or if you have a birthday, mm -hmm. like, what a great trip. If, oh, if you yeah. love the 80s, I mean... When I heard about it and I didn't even, and I wasn't in it, I was like, I want to go. Right. Of course. <laughs> right? Why wouldn't you? That's amazing. So anyway, <laughs> that's a plug in that, but but uh, it's truth and it's honest. So I, I totally am excited. You know what I like to do is towards the end, I always like to, I normally say, well, if you don't know this artist's work, why listen to this album? Uh, what we'll do about the film is, let's say, like, I, well, I did yeah. talk about this earlier. If it wasn't for my wife, I would never have seen Better Off Dead. Right. Because I didn't know about it. Exactly. I didn't grow up with it. I lived in Germany when it came out. So <sighs> I come back here, and there's I missed four, five, six years of pop culture. Right. So there's a bunch of stuff that just fell through the, the cracks. Um, so but aren't I, you glad you saw Better Off Dead? Oh, I'm it? very glad. Right? I mean, if uh, that, uh, she also introduced me to <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. Again, these oh are things gosh, are all right? eight, eight years ago. Eight years ago, I just saw these all for the first time. And I was like, and that's the only reason I like Better Off Dead. I'm like, oh, this still holds up. Because that, it could have, anything from then could be a piece of shit by now. Because you never yep. know. It's great. And it holds up. So let's say, and I don't, I don't know the average age of my audience. So I don't know. Right. Let's assume there's some young people out there who haven't seen Better Off Dead. What's... What's a good reason to watch it? I know it holds up. But... All right. First, I'm going to tell you uh, this <laughs> is very important. When you see this film, you will not recognize me my talking because I don't talk like normal person. I talk French. <laughs> all right. So you will st I sound like this. So don't get confused if you watch it. All right. I am French. All right. And uh, and so um, that I just wanted to like let them know because in case they uh -huh, that's it, a right? really good point. That's a um, good point. Okay. Second, the movie still holds up because it's not like three three hours long okay yes. it's like an hour it's like not that long mm -hmm. so 
I think it definitely works for the audience today. You will not be bored, okay? Mm. Three, you've never seen a movie like this. Absolutely. And you never will again. Mm. And it is one of those things, it's sort of like knowing an inside joke for mm -hmm. the rest of your life. <laughs> Okay. What people have memorized lines of this film like they do Rocky Horror Picture oh, Show. Oh yeah, yeah. And you will use these lines in your life <laughs> constantly. Somebody told me that um they uh they use oh um oh NT. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when I say there's a line that I say in the film and somebody says um says the words they say NT and they use for for some reason, when anybody makes a spelling mistake, mm -hmm. they bring up this particular line. Uh -huh. NT, like like spell it this way, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to blow it for you, but right, um, right, right. Uh, but so first of all, and then also, the story is timeless because mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a love story. Uh, it's actually okay. I wouldn't say it's a love story because that's. You uh, you won't like you may not be attracted to love stories mm -hmm. so it's not like something that you want to go see for that reason right right but it's a you will watch it and you will feel good about your life and you will feel connected to the, what's happening in the story and it's still funny and it's still um, it's one of those things like you can't go through your life without watching Better Off Dead you can't yeah you just can't it's yeah. it's. Um, it's just as legitimate as seeing any A-rated, a you know, great, great movie. Yeah. Because I I'll tell you something that was interesting. When we were all in the 80s, when you were going to a movie theater, the critics would say, this is a great movie because we had like $5. We $5, you your hard-earned money that you made working at like McDonald's or something. You had that mm -hmm. $5. Critics couldn't say see anything because their reputation was on the line and they knew like you had that five dollars you're going to go to the movie theater and if you had to choose because you ultimately were going to choose which mm -hmm. movie they'd recommend like sophie's choice or officer sure. and a gentleman or something mm -hmm. so the movies that were really really funny kind of got sort of put on the side because people thought well we can't recommend that but when video machines came out and then college students started watching it college students said you know i'm sick of watching this heavy duty drama i've studied all week i am exhausted mm -hmm. i just want to hang out and laugh and watch something fun yeah and that's all of a sudden when all these films became popular it's like oh my gosh you want to have fun let's play this movie and guess what we can watch it again next week with our other friend and we can laugh yeah so that's where i think that a lot of the movies like i guess Fer ferris bueller's sure. Day off yep. or um um, I don't know. Um, well, certainly, like I don't know. Well, Pretty in Pink or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those movies, that genre was uh, interesting. But Better Off Dead was that cult movie that you you didn't have to be a teenager to like it. Mm -hmm. You could be in your twenties and you will love it. It's it's for creative people and mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just it's so 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 funny. Yeah. And it, and it, and it it's sort of like it's like encompasses high school so if you've gone to high school you will love this movie yeah um and then the so what i was going to say was that um that's why i think this movie is incredibly valuable and you may not hear it from everybody because it was it's not going to be maybe on the best top 10 list of the of 80s films or 90s you know it's not going to be on that list because those films were more um you know, they there was is the cinematography good? Is the editing good? Is mm -hmm. I mean, the categories of those films were uh, 
were about filmmaking, mm-hmm. but this Better Off Dead was about making you laugh. Sure. So if you want to laugh, watch this film, yeah. okay? Yeah. And then text me at Diane Franklin 80 and tell me what you think about it. There you go. <laughs> I'm not text me. What did I say? Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter. I'm like, I, I'm so it, 80. It didn't even occur to me right. before. It, yeah. <laughs> Twitter, Diane Franklin, uh, Diane Franklin 80, not 80s, no S. And let me know it. what you think. Awesome. I want to know. I want to see. All right. <laughs> well, I, you know, that's perfect. That's, that's a perfect argument for it. And also, I mean, that is the right time for cult movies to have a following. I mean, it's the first time movies were portable. And that's why I like talking about comedy on vinyl. So it's the first time music and comedy was portable at all. You right. know, it's the first time you could share it with a friggin' friend. You could bring it to their yeah. house or whatever. You could rewind and play the section again and again mm-hmm. yeah. until your videotape broke. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And this um, is the perfect era of film for that. And we, it could be the same reason why you might not have seen it. Same reason why I didn't see yeah. the damn thing. But you know? thank goodness, you know, that was another thing I have to, I'm so grateful. I'm like the first generation where we can watch things. I mean, okay, maybe like people in their 60s or 70s, they're still mm-hmm. part of it, but they may be like, what's this internet thing? I don't even mm-hmm. want to deal with it. Sure. But but for me, it's like the um, I see all these, uh, my actress friends, and we go to these conventions, and we are so fortunate that people can show their kids these movies. Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of the films, they're lost. You Absolutely, know, they're, yeah. or they weren't put on video. Uh, they weren't put on discs or mm-hmm. um, so. So the information wasn't passed down. And now we're, you know, everyone's trying to find the, the footage in the film and discover, you know, mm-hmm. what was happening a long time ago. But we were, um, actresses in the 80s are very fortunate to be able to just be like, oh, yeah, like we can talk about it. We yeah. can say, we were there and we talk, we can talk about what we did. Then. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Are there, okay, uh, so we've already given your Twitter, Diane Franklin 80. Yep. Is, okay. And then Instagram, if, you, if you're interested, Instagram is like not my main thing, um, but Twitter is definitely, I would say, for fans. My mm-hmm. Instagram is Diane, Diane to be with you, D I A N E to be. And the reason I chose that was because my, my kids were like, I'm like, what kind of a Twitter name do you do? And they go, oh, you know, you always, it's sort of like a joke. You mm-hmm. got to pick a joke and your name in it. And I was like, Dying to what? Dying to write, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it like, okay, dying to be with you. Um, and then what I really love is I, I have a Facebook account. Um, and okay, so there's there's my Facebook under Diane Franklin, and you'll see a picture of me from Better Off Dead, but mm-hmm. it's full. It's like 5,000 people. And then okay. when I tried to open another Facebook account, and I had it for a little while, mm-hmm. Facebook closed it. And oh, I was no. like, ah. Oh. And like other actresses, they're figuring out how to do it. For mm-hmm. some reason, they're on me. They won't let me do it. But I guess there's um, there's Diane Franklin, like the one that, I don't know, is it like a fan page? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fan pages right. are unlimited. So Right. So you can go to the fan page, go to the fan page, and at least like connect with it mm-hmm. be friend me i don't know how do you do what do you like you, in like that it, case you're liking it you're yeah. liking mm-hmm. it but if you check it like that's where i put all this cool information like i'll put um like conventions i'm going to I'll okay put yeah. the acting work that i'm doing now i'll post photos like old photos i'll have um information on my book mm-hmm. and both my books um the first one is about my, how I became an 80s babe, how, mm-hmm. how I became an actress. How does it even happen? How do, right. how do you star in a movie? Like, how does that even begin? Um, but it also has tons of very cool pictures and uh, and great stories. And the foreword of um, my first book, mm-hmm. Excellent Adventures, um, just go with like Amazon, Diane Franklin Books, and you'll find it. But the okay. first one has a foreword by Savage Steve Holland. Awesome. So if you're a Better Off Dead fan, 
get that one for yeah. sure. And the great story of how I got cast. Like, I love him. I, he just wrote the nicest um, forward. And then this one, this um, my second book is um, with Curls is actually more focused on Last American Virgin. Mm-hmm. And that forward um, I got, uh, I asked Brett Ratner to write the forward. Awesome. And what's interesting about Brett is... And I, because I always want a director to write the forward for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a, what's interesting with Brett was, I didn't work for Brett, but mm-hmm. Brett actually holds the rights to Last American Virgin for the sequel. Oh, really? Interesting. And yeah, and he loved Virgin, mm. so he wanted he had the greatest story to write as a forward and so when i found that out i'm like oh my gosh you have got to write the forward to this book mm-hmm. i mean so he would just wrote the sweetest nicest forward and um and he's just incredibly he's just so successful i've i've got to tell you about brett like uh, there's i've met a lot of people in this business i have never met anybody who is as um like he's like He's like two people as one person. Mm-hmm. Like he he makes multitask. Like anyone who multitasks doesn't do it as well as he does. Yeah, he's phenomenal. It's incredible, and he's really a loyal and a really nice person. And um, I just it, it just blew me away. So like we have become friends. Like just like I mean just super super sweet. And I hope that if he ever does make Virgin, I mean he said he wanted to put me in. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that it would be wonderful because it's a great callback. Yeah. And he's a lover of films, so he understands like that. You know when you watch a film and then you bring back that actor, it's just so great for the audience. Of course, like, yeah. the audience goes yes, that's so fun. Mm-hmm. So um, but I highly recommend both books, and they they both have. My my um, editor who edited my first book, he did a great job, and he loved my first book, but he even liked my second book better. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, if you go on Amazon, you can read reviews. Um, and I will be coming out with a third book, but I awesome. haven't. Um, but this one, I just came out, so I'm giving it some space. Yeah, probably good idea. But, um, but <laughs> I, I, the third one is also going to be quite awesome. So, um, But they're really fun, and uh, I just have got so much going on. My daughter... I just I'm gonna bring this up because everyone who listens to me knows this. My daughter, uh, she does comedies, mm-hmm. and her she's got a series called Sugar Babies mm-hmm. um, that she's doing with her friend, um, a comedy partner, um, Sydney Heller. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to YouTube and you look up Sugar Babies, mm-hmm. you will see uh, her web series, which they write, direct, act, and edit. They're all on awesome. their own. Um, they're seeing if they can get the show picked up by someone eventually. Sure. But you know, there there are these episodes. I think they've got like eight episodes now. But the great part is all these improvisers, like these adult, uh, like 30s, people in the 30s, 40s, who are phenomenal comedians, mm-hmm. like phenomenal improvisers, all have agreed to do her show. That's great. So it's crazy funny. And mm-hmm. they are so, it's like there um, there are uh, cameos almost, you know, yeah, like yeah. lovely little cameos. And it's been, been so popular. And um, she recently got, um, oh my goodness, uh, uh from iCarly, Spence, the guy who plays Spencer. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my God, my mind is a sieve. Um, I'm a little too old to have ever seen oh, that darn show. Oh, darn it, darn it. I need that. And everyone in the audience is going, I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 um. Oh, come on, Diane. Uh, he was in iCarly, and he's so wonderful. And I'm going to have to, it's going to come back to me. I'm, and I'm going to tell you. But anyway, he, he even agreed to do it. And uh, he's in their next episode that's coming out. So, um, 
dang it. I'm now I'm going to kick myself for not knowing. But anyway, so but just watch it and you'll see <laughs> yeah, and then you'll go, you. oh, I can't believe she couldn't remember his name. Which I was like, so embarrassed. Jerry Trainer. Jerry Trainer. Yes. Jerry Trainer. Jerry Trainer. Okay, I was. I knew it. I knew it. Right. I was just testing you all. Um, yeah, Jerry Trainer. So funny, <laughs> wonderful, and he was like he just agreed to do it. it was amazing so that's cool yeah she's getting a lot of great people in it so um hilarious anyway and she's hilarious so yeah. that's it that's my daughter plug i'm uh, moving on <laughs> that's right that's awesome well that's that's amazing uh well this has been super super fun i really oh, appreciate you doing but this before i don't want to go because first you must talk like a uh, oh, no. curtis you must it, we are going to have a little conversation it really only works if i do the one line okay, that i've nailed it. Do it, Which do is it. just this is pure snow. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's all I can do. <laughs> yes, That's yes. it. Oh no, that was perfect. Thank do you, you know what? That is actually, I think, my favorite line that Curtis it's does. The best. It's that, my favorite. This is like pure snow. <laughs> do you know the street value of this stuff? <laughs> oh, here, I'll do my imitation. Recky, Rec, Monique, Monique, Monique. Do you have, uh, what does she say? Do you have Christmas in France, right? <laughs> France, all right? And she squeezed my face, right? Um, which Jimmy Pardo got to do, which I have to say. Oh, so uh, we'll great. See. Of course he did. Um, yes. I love it. I, I, you know, it's so funny. Everyone squeezed my face. And I have people going, don't let them squeeze your face. And I'm like, no, they have to squeeze my face. You don't understand. That's the inside joke. And for those of you who have not seen Better Off Dead, you, that's why you have to see it. Because you yeah. have to understand why squeezing of the face is so important. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so anyway, uh, but merci buckets for uh, <laughs> saying doing that line. It was lovely. Thank you so much. You're this welcome. has been a ton of fun. Everybody, please follow our Twitter. Uh, buy all of her books. Do that. Um, Thank and... you. You will not regret it. It is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, if you like Bill and Ted's all right, then you can you'll enjoy it also. So we'll have a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank Bye. you guys very much for listening. And as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune into the new Stand Up channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast. 